Let me uh, pray, and then we'll look into God's Word. So, God, we, um, we trust your Word. We trust you. Um, we don't sit in judgment over the Bible, try to figure out what's, what's true and what's not true. We just trust it because we believe Jesus trusted the Bible, and we trust Jesus. So help us to understand this morning what you're saying to us through your Holy Spirit. We just ask it in all in Christ's name. Amen. So on the screen right now, there should be, go to the picture, yeah, uh, Sister Miriam. I've never met her. I've heard her speak on podcasts before. Um, I'm not Catholic, of course. Some of you are, and I, but I'm very pro any, anybody who's Jesus-centered, Bible-centered, and she is. So I listened to her testimony once, and I put this up there because it really, it was, a, it was a podcast on forgiveness, and she was talking about, and she, kinda, she didn't go into detail, but she said she was sexually abused by a family member when she was seven years old. And she talked about all the trauma from that and the traumatic behavior out of her when she was in college. She was just wild, you know, and, and then somehow found Jesus. Now she's a Catholic nun. And she was talking about her journey of forgiveness specifically toward the family member. She never named who it was, the family member. She's talking about, yes, it was hard work, and I finally, you know, I wanted to forgive them and didn't want to be angry at them. And then she said something that I almost stopped my car when she said it. She said, you know what? She kept referring to the family member who was the abuser. Then she said, I want my abuser in heaven with me. And she said it with such sincerity, and I thought, Wow. I don't, that, that's a pretty powerful statement of forgiveness. Not just, I forgive them, I'm not holding it against them, I never want to see them again. You know, that, that, that's almost understandable. We almost think that's good Christian forgiveness. Why? Well, I, I don't hold them against it, I'm not going to send them nasty notes. But then to say, no, I, I want that person in heaven with me. And I thought, okay, so let's, that's not the end of forgiveness, but that's a pretty deep place of forgiveness. Most of us, I'm guessing, when you think about people you have to forgive, most of us, I mean, I have a hard time saying that about people who just said cross words to me. I, don't, I want God to have them a little bit of punishment, right? I mean, you know what I'm talking about. So when she said that, I just, it kind of made me think a lot about, it was part of a series on forgiveness, and I was playing a thing on forgiveness today. I heard this podcast maybe two months ago. But I just thought, we're all on journeys of forgiveness, toward people, maybe not sexual abuse, maybe, but we all have people that have hurt us, crossed us, or whatever, and to get to the point where you want that kind of goodness for the person who hurt you is pretty incredible. So today we're talking about forgiveness. I'm doing a series, Do You Want to Be Healed?, and we're talking about experiencing the love of Jesus, and, and I'm convinced that learning how to forgive those who've hurt us is perhaps one of the most powerful things emotionally, spiritually, healing-wise for those of us who follow Jesus. Because it's one of the hardest things to do. Sometimes, you know, we think about other things. Oh, it might be easy to be kind and generous. But then you say, well, let's talk about our forgiveness journeys. Sometimes our faces turn sour because we think about somebody and the response might be, you don't know what they did to me. And it becomes this stopping point. So, and I'm, uh, I think I told you a few weeks ago, Kathy told me she thought I had some, she didn't think, she knew. 
I had some forgiveness issues that I needed to work through because it was holding me back. So I'm, I'm speaking as one who's still on that journey, but I think all of us are on that journey. So t- the topic today is forgiveness. And so let me go to Luke chat. Go to the next slide. All these, all these series on do you want to be healed is really more about how do we become wholehearted the way Jesus made us to be. And what did Jesus come to do? Because this is what he tells us in Luke 4 he came to do. This was, he, he was quoting from Isaiah. He was standing in front of the synagogue. This was kind of his first public appearance. And uh, this is his mission. So I call this the mission of Jesus according to Jesus. This is what he said when he was in front of people. And read this out loud with me. Here we go. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is Jesus. For he's anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, the blind will see, the oppressed will be set free, and the time of the Lord's favor has come. So I'm just going to say that those of us who have a hard time with forgiveness, we're, some cap- we're captives. We're captives to anger and revenge and lack of forgiveness, and we don't know what... You know, so, but this whole mission of Jesus is really about our hearts. The mission of Jesus was not to get you into heaven after you die. That is a byproduct. But he didn't say, I've come to show you how to get to heaven after you die. He's basically saying, I'm coming, I came to heal your hearts, to set you free, and give you your life back the way God meant for it to be. That's salvation. Of course, that kind of salvation leads to somebody who is with Jesus and Jesus in us, and so the eternal life is part of that. But he didn't come simply to give you this eternal life. So, so <clears throat> the question I'll start with is this. Um, who's someone difficult for you to forgive, and how are you currently doing with it? Who is somebody in your life? And maybe it's, it's, maybe it's not Sister Miriam kind of pain, but who's crossed you? Who's hurt you? And uh, let's just assume all of us have somebody, and if you don't, if you live a few more years, you'll have people. I had, I had lunch this week with somebody who doesn't go to church here. They used to, and they actually said to me, you know, you talked about forgiveness five or six years ago, and I remember thinking at the time, I don't have anybody to forgive. He goes, I have a boatload of people now too. So it, it will come, and it will be hard. And so I had lunch with this guy this week, and we talked about something. But who is it for you? Maybe just one name. It might even be, I mean, I think of people that just said hurtful words to me, like they spoke they spoke harsh to me. I don't know who that person is for you. Unjustly, false accusations. So I don't know who that person is for you, but I'm, I'm, my sense is God will bring someone to mind. And it might be a small thing. It may even be, it may even be your spouse, and you're like, it may not be a big forgiveness issue, but there's just something that, I, I don't know, there's, a, there's something that you can't get past. So, so put that person in your mind. And, uh, and then let's look at what Jesus said about forgiveness, all right? So Jesus teaches disciples about forgiveness. So it's a, the forgiveness and that kind of spiritual action was really, really, really important to Jesus. It's not just like, you know, be kind to kids and learn how to forgive. It wasn't like a small thing. It was a big deal. It, I would actually say it was a core part of what, he, what his life to the disciples, what he was teaching them about. So I've just got five different places. There's more than five probably, but five places where Jesus talks about forgiveness. Again, the point right now is it's a big deal to Jesus because it's a big deal. 
we're a big deal to Jesus, and he doesn't want that to be a, a sticking point for us, all right? First passage is this, Matthew chapter 6, verse 12. You might know this from the Lord's Prayer. Jesus said when he taught them how to pray, he said, and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sins against us. It was important enough to Jesus that he said, when you pray, this is one of the things you need to be saying. God, forgive us as we have forgiven others, all right? Um, then just a few verses later, in 6 verses 14 to 15, Jesus says something that's almost a little bit, wow, what does he mean by that? If you forgive those who sin against you, this is Matthew 6, 14 to 15, forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Like, that's this tit for tat, God, God's not tit for tat, but there's, he's saying something about how important it is for you and me, for our own freedom, that we learn to forgive others. You could almost paraphrase that to say, if you don't set someone else free by forgiving them, God's not going to set you free. Not because he doesn't want to, because he can't, because you won't let him. All right? That was Mark. Then let's go to Mark chapter 11. Jesus says this, Mark... But when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. So forgiveness sounds like, from Jesus, it is the primary roadblock in our spiritual lives. It can be. It is. It can be. And then Luke chapter 17, this is where Peter asked, can, I mean, we can laugh, cause, but we might have been the same way. Peter's like, Jesus, how many times do I have to forgive somebody? Like seven times? Seven, you know, you know, is that enough? I did say, on the eighth time, can I get mad at them for the rest of my life? And Jesus says, even if, even if a person wrongs you seven times a day, and each time turns again and asks forgiveness, you must forgive. I mean, I, just someone this week was telling me, it's hard for me to forgive when I know it's going to happen again, and again, and again. And I'm not, I'm not dismissing that as easy. That's really hard. But there's something about Jesus when he says, no, if, even if they seven times, and some versions and some of the passages say 70 times seven, and you got 490, and you know, the point was, it's endless. Your, your obligation to forgive, not out of guilt, but out of your own freedom, that person may hurt you again and again. And, and I'm not saying you need to go back into a relationship if they've hurt you, but if they've hurt you, forgive them. If they hurt you again, you forgive them. And again, I'm not making forgiveness sound easy. It's not easy. It's not like, oh, just forgive. You know, just, you know. But the last thing Jesus said, which I think is kind of the anchor of his teaching about forgiveness, when he was on the cross, he'd been brutalized, tortured, beat up, and he was dying. He wasn't even done dying yet. His torture wasn't done. And he says out loud, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And I think I've mentioned this before when I first saw that in the movie, The Passion of the Christ, the Mel Gibson movie. And Jesus said that. I remember in sitting in my seat in the movie theater. In the movie theater in Bloomington, it's now closed, the East Side Theater. I actually wish when he said that, and I, I knew this passage probably hundreds of times. And when Jesus said, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. And I had seen the torture. I whispered to myself in the movie theater, and pardon my language, but I said, how in the hell can he say that? It just struck me like, wow. forgiving somebody who hurt me five years ago with a harsh word is hard. <laughs> forgiving somebody who is brutalizing me and killing me in the moment 
and they're still not done, and I'm supposed to forgive them then? Who does that? And it just it made me it made me it made Jesus really large in my eyes. Like, wow, who does who can do that? If that and you make you realize that forgiveness, that kind of forgiveness has to be supernatural. It's not an issue of the will. It's not like I'm gonna will myself to forgive them. It's a supernatural reality the Spirit of God can do in you. So when he said that, and it was recorded in the, you know, this, some of the disciples, John was at the cross, and I'm sure others heard about it. After even his resurrection, they're like, wow, forgiveness is a big deal to Jesus because it's a big deal for our freedom. And he was showing us through all of his words on forgiveness that forgiveness is a huge part of our freedom. So here's, leave this one up here, um, Father, forgive them. So uh, but I'm going to do, two, I'm gonna do two, two weeks on forgiveness this week and next week. And I almost was going to call it a forgiveness workshop, but it kind of is, but it's a sermon. So, But I want you to, um, again, think about person's hard to forgive or whatever. I, I, don't, I don't say whatever to dismiss that. I'm just saying there's people hard to forgive. And think about the them. Who's the them? And you might say, well, they knew what they were doing. They totally knew what they were doing to me. Maybe they didn't. So them, here the question is this, what did they do to you? And you might say, well, I, you know, they just hurt you. But some, I, I realized that verbalizing to myself even, this is what happened to me. This is what they did. This is how they hurt me. Sometimes it's good to say this is what happened. And it's not, you're not being a complainer. You know, you might say, well, they, like Sister Miriam, they abused me. You might say, well, they caused me a lot of emotional trauma by their behavior. Or they spoke harsh, unkind words to me. They verbally abused me. I have deep shame because of how they treated me. They abandoned me. They lied to me. They treated me unjustly, unfairly. Now that actually becomes a little more like in your marriage, with people in your family. Well, they were unjust. They didn't treat me kind. But you have this offense. Or they accuse me. This is is one of my issues for me sometimes. They accuse me unjustly of motives that are not true. So how did somebody hurt you? Or, Or sometimes there's also the other kind of hurt those are things they should have done, they should not have done, but did. There's also wounds and trauma we have of things that people should have done and didn't. Like, my parents didn't celebrate or cherish me in a way that, was, that should be healthy, not like out of the top, but healthy. Or my parents didn't understand me or whoever, my spouse. They didn't nurture me. They didn't give me appropriate discipline. They didn't allow me to develop my freedom. They didn't allow me to encourage my gifts. So sometimes our pain is things our parents, and I'm not throwing parents under the bus because I am one, right? But parents or maybe spouses or family members or employers, sometimes it's things they didn't do that should be normally healthy relationships. And because they didn't do it, it, it was hurtful. So you might have had things happen to you. You also might have had things that didn't. I mean, you might think this was like a kind of a Christmas movie or a, a movie scene, but I actually, my dad died 40 years ago. 
And I actually, probably 10 years after that, I stood at his grave and told him all the things I wish he would have done differently. But I also told him I loved him. But I, I kind of had to, I needed to say, this is the things I wish he would have done differently because I think who I am is deficient because you didn't do certain things. So it wasn't like dishonoring. It was just, I said, I love you. I just wish you would have done things differently in that sense. So I'm, and here, I'm not, I'm not playing psychobabble here. I think there's things. So when you, when you think about the things about what people did to you, they abused you, they spoke to you unjustly, they accused you. When I put that list together, I thought, Jesus would check all these boxes about how people treated him. He was physically abused. He was accused of motives that weren't true. He was lied to. He was abandoned by his disciples. Anything you have been wounded by, Jesus knows what that feels like. I remember a time, oh, probably 10 years ago, I was frustrated with some stuff happening in the church, what I can't remember what it was. I was riding my bike, and I said out loud, Jesus, I'm so tired of being misunderstood. And I didn't hear a verbal voice, but I heard it clear in my head, Jesus saying to me, yeah, I know what that feels like. I never thought about that. But it didn't, it didn't heal me overnight, but it made me realize I'm not alone. Because part of the issue with forgiveness is we just want someone to understand the pain that was caused us. And people might say, well, get over it. No, but the only way to get over it is to know that someone understands it. And maybe that someone's only Jesus, but sometimes, like, I've, you know, I was, when I was thinking about people I needed to forgive even recently, I, had, I actually was just in my head speaking out, speaking out loud, like, this is what they did that was hurtful for me. And it's, you need to acknowledge the hurt, because you don't say, well, the hurt didn't matter. It mattered immensely. You are not forgiving somebody if you don't believe that your pain mattered, because then you're just kind of pretending. So what they did to you mattered. What they did to Jesus mattered. He wasn't just kind of, but whatever happened to you mattered. So whoever that person is, what they did to you, or what, again, let's go future tense too. This might happen in your future. And, and then kind of what, what, what would you say to that person if they were standing in front of you about what they did? I mean, this it sounds like psychobabble, but it's not. If you were to speak to that person, imagine, like, what would you say to them? This is what you did. Well, when you said that, it was really hurtful to me. Or I, you lied to me in that situation, and that really caused this, and you didn't do this. So part of forgiveness is not a short, for, just forgive them, be over with. You, you need to acknowledge the pain, because if you're not acknowledging the pain, the depth of forgiveness won't be there. And you don't have to tell that. Actually, usually it's probably not even wise to tell the person unless they're willing to ask ask you. But sometimes you just, what happened to you mattered. Just like what happened to Jesus mattered. His saying, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing, means a whole lot more because we know what was happening to him. If he would have said that when he was on the hillside as part of the Sermon on the Mount and passing out bread and fish, hey, Father, forgive them, it wouldn't have carried the oomph that it does when he said it on the cross. Because forgiveness often has that kind of weight to it. So, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. So, I'll get back here to Sister Miriam. When she said, I want my abuser in heaven with me. So, this, let's just say this is kind of the, the uh, 
I'll call it the Super Bowl of forgiveness or whatever. When you get to this point, and most of us aren't, and then you think about Jesus, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. And then you think, if you remember the story of Stephen, Acts chapter 5, 6, Stephen is getting stoned to death by Jews who don't like the fact that he's talking about Jesus. And as he is dying and getting hit by stones, you remember what he said to God? Father, don't hold this sin against them. It's like, who, who does that? Where do you get that kind of power? In the middle of being mistreated, he says, God, don't, don't hold this against them. I mean, if it's me in some situations, I was like, no, God, I want, to, I want you to forgive them eventually, but for now, can they endure a little bit of pain and torture? I don't believe in purgatory, but if I did, I'd want them there for a long time because they need to pay for their pain to me. But Stephen's like, no, forgive them. God, don't hold it against them. It's like, I want to be like Stephen. I'm going to be like Sister Miriam. I'm going to be like Jesus. But most of us aren't there yet, and it's okay. But if you're stuck and you're standing still in your forgiveness journey, that's not okay because that's where bitterness sets in. But take those steps, and maybe you need to talk, to, talk it through with somebody Maybe you just need to be able to share with somebody, this is what happened to me. And this is why it's so hard for me. And if nobody's there to listen, then tell Jesus. Because he knows. He knows what abuse feels like. He knows what false accusation feels like. He knows what it feels to be abandoned by really good friends. And there's nothing you have felt pain-wise that he hasn't felt. So my challenge when I... So the, the question for today is, you know, do you want to be healed? Go to the next slide there. Do you want to be healed? And we'll talk more about forgiveness next week in terms of other steps. And it's not like, I'm not trying to make it sound like it's a, here's a four-step process to forgive people. Pay $9.95 and you get free. No, I'm not, it's hard. But I'm saying today I want you to understand a large part of your forgiveness is you being able to, without apologizing, say to yourself, to God, and maybe to another, the pain and hurt I've experienced, it matters. It was real. It's not, it was a big deal. So don't, don't think forgiveness means I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll just get over it. Because what happens then, if you, if you just get over it, we think sometimes forgiveness means simply, I'm to the place now where I won't seek revenge anymore. So I feel really good, like, forgive them. Because place number one is, they hurt me, I hate them. I want them, to, I want them to suffer too. Place number two is where you can say, and this is good, they hurt me, but I no longer want to hurt them. And I used to think that was a real mature response, and it is. But the Jesus-centered response is place number three, where you can actually say, my pain mattered, I don't want to hurt them anymore. And as a matter of fact, God, I want you to bless them. That's really hard. That's what Stephen did. That's what Sister Miriam said when I want my abuser in heaven to give what Jesus said. So that's the place of forgiveness. Not just, I'm not going to try to get back at them anymore. I'm good. But when you actually can start saying, no, God, I want you to do, I want you to bless them in their lives. I want them to be full of the joy that you have. You don't know how God needs to do that. You might have your own idea. God, the only way to do that is you have to hurt them first. Then they can, you know, you just need to pray that God blesses them. And, not, and for, to say, don't hold this sin against them. 
I mean, that's, that's a strong statement because if you've been hurt, and everybody here has, you kind of think, well, I, I want something to happen to them. I mean, this is the yin and yang, right? They, they, you know, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, but Jesus says, no, it's, we're a totally different world now because the Holy Spirit's in us, and it's now it's like, no, I, I, want, I want Jesus to bless that person. I, there was somebody I was processing forgiveness. This is probably 20 years ago, maybe more. And I felt like God wanted me to pray out loud by myself in a room as our basement room in our old house. I'll say the guy's name was Joe. It wasn't that. But I felt like God wanted me to pray out loud, God, I forgive Joe. It was hard for me to say it out loud and hear myself say it. Because in my head, well, I've forgiven him, sure. But to hear myself say it and then to say, because I feel like God wanted me to say this, God, I love Joe. That came out in a slow sentence because I didn't want to say it. And then for me to say, God, I want you to bless Joe. Because everything in me was like, no, 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 no. I don't want. You can do that only through supernatural if the Holy Spirit gives you. And you can do it, but you're not going to be able to do it. It's not a, forgiveness is not a willpower thing. It's not a willpower thing. It's not a just get on with it. It's more of a I can only do this if I have the same spirit that Jesus had, that Stephen had, or that Sister Miriam has, to say, I want God, I want good for this person. That's not, that's not saying to God, God, I want you, it's, what happened to me doesn't matter and it's okay how they treat people. That's not what, at all what you're saying. You're saying, I want goodness for that person, God, and you can get there wherever you want to because, God, you're the one who's just and generous and kind. But I want goodness for them. My pain mattered. They hurt me greatly. But I, I now know the place now where I want goodness for them. And that is a... You might know people who you think have forgiveness issues. And you realize somehow that is holding them back. There's a, there's a bitterness in their spirit. There's a restlessness about them because they would say, Well, you don't... I've heard people say this to me. You don't know what they did to me. Jesus knows. And I'm not saying that in a trite way. Jesus knows. And he knows exactly what you feel like because of what they did to you. But forgiveness, which is unique to all world religions. There is no concept of forgiveness in any other world religion like Christianity. Which I think sets apart, because there's nobody like Jesus. It sets apart Christianity on that plane alone. There's to be able to for, supernaturally empowered to say to, about someone who hurt you, God, I want you to bless them and don't hold this sin against them. I want them in heaven with me. To be able to say that takes supernatural strength, empowerment, and but that's you're you're you take those kind of steps, then God is like exponentially going to be healing your soul. Because that's when, when Jesus said, my father won't forgive you if you don't forgive. It was more of like, it's not like God saying, well, if you don't, I won't. No, like, nah, 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 nah. But it's like, if you don't clear that pipe in your heart that's full of junk, if you don't clear it by forgiving them, God wants to pour forgiveness into you, but the pipe is clogged because you won't unclog it. So it's not that God's like, I won't because you won't. It's like, I can't because you don't. That pipe's not open. 
You've left it clogged because you like how you feel when you're mad at that. I don't know. So God's like, no, he wants to offer you that kind of whole forgiveness and life in your heart. But as long as you keep the pipes plugged, you can't do it. So it's not so much that God won't, like I'm not going to. It's like he can't. So then he won't because he can't, right? So let me just uh, let me close your eyes, pray here. So um, we'll follow the same thing I talked about earlier. So I want you to envision yourself someplace in your house, maybe in your car by yourself. And I want to envision yourself uh, saying out loud to God that you love blank you love the person that maybe hurt you. You know, God, God, I, you know, God, I love Joe. I love Mary. I love Barbara, whoever that person is. And God, I want you to bless them. But I, and I want you to imagine yourself saying that out loud because I do believe that's, a, that's not, or it's not a required part of healing, forgiveness, but it's really helpful. It moves you along the way. So God, now I'm going to pray that every one of us, that you would bring to mind, even if there's people that maybe were, it was a small thing that we don't, it was, a, it was hurtful, but it was a small thing, but we still haven't moved past it. Maybe we've just locked it up in the small closet down in the basement of our heart. We don't think it's a big deal, but we also know there's something that still gets stirred up when that person comes up. So I, I pray that um, whatever issues, whatever I mean, we're human, so we've all had pain. We've all had people hurt us. But would you bring to mind those right now that you want us to deal with now? And maybe ones that are key to our next step of healing. And would you bring those people up in our minds today, tomorrow, this week? And then would you, in tenderness, let us know you understand the pain we felt. And in tenderness, would you move us on to being able to say that we love that person and we forgive that person and we want you to bless them. But we also, Jesus, we want you to understand us. And empathy is like what you do. You understand our pain. You don't diminish it. You don't tell us just to get past it. You are with us in the middle of that. And that's what's so unique about you. So uh, we love you. We want to be people who are whole in our hearts, and we want to be people who forgive and continue on the journey of forgiveness um, by the power of your Holy Spirit inside of us. And we ask this all in Christ's name. Amen.